to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you haven't joined us before, we're passionate about all things internal medicine and helping you become the best tech you can be. We'll be discussing interesting internal medicine diseases, how to work closely with pet parents, and how to become the go-to tech in your practice. Now, let's start the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. I hope everybody is doing well. Thank you so much for listening and making a commitment to learning. I am your host. I am Jordan Porter, and I am joined by the rushing (laughs) Sure, that works. Scrambling. (laughs) Scrambling might be a good word, yeah, yeah. I, it's funny because I thought about it and I said, oh, today's the last episode I'm recording the Shija. Just kidding. This is really the last episode yeah. um, because it's two days later. <laughs> so yeah, we're trying to get our crap together. And yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what the internet situation is going to be for me for the next two weeks. I have no idea. I should send you my little, like, I have a little, like, portable Wi-Fi box for, you know, work. So no. I outside with the goats and stuff like that. It was worth the hundred dollar investment. I like it. Um, huh. Was that from your like phone carrier or was it? No, I found it on Amazon. It's called Glocal Me. Um, this is not a paid advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, huh. You can like buy data each month. Like I buy data each month. I don't need it. I should probably like turn it off and then turn it on when I do need it. But like, um, hmm. Yeah, I buy data each month. And like I originally bought it because when I first took this work from home job, we were going to gymnastics a bunch. And so I was like, just in case, like, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I just use it when I want to go sit outside with the goats and work at the same time. Huh. Yeah. I'm going to have to figure out. I'm going to have to figure out what the service is going to be like um, on the property in general, because, you know, it's kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, my parents have horrible internet in Tennessee. I know. I'm kind of freaking out. But um, yeah, so there's that. And then, well, for the next like week and a half, um, we're actually going to be in an Airbnb first. um, Just because like, you know, nothing's set up at the house. We don't have beds. We don't have anything. Um, So we have to go shopping before we can move in. But we didn't do that yet because we are waiting for all the paperwork and the closing to go through so that's been super fun um but yeah once we're up there because the airbnb is like in oregon so we're just gonna shop there and either i mean hopefully not have stuff delivered to the airbnb but i feel like there will be some stuff (laughs) delivered there and then the rest will get delivered to the house so yeah. yeah, I think <laughs> funny that you say that because like I think my cousin must be like like planning on moving in with me, um because like random Amazon packages keep showing up for her at my house and like I just haven't talked to her like oh my god that's <laughs> hilarious <laughs> like mind you my cousin and I like she's been talking about moving in with me for for probably like two or three years like she lived with me for a few like for a summer I think yeah. right before you and I like connected, um. And so like, she's been trying to get back, but she does she have animal handling experience (laughs) (laughs) because of me. Uh, She has one of my puppies too. So uh, she, she like off and on for years has been saying, yeah, blah, blah. blah." And like, I don't know. (laughs) I think 
two weeks ago now. She was like, hey, I have a job interview up there in Bluffton and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, cool. Like gave her my opinion on it and stuff like that. And um, not, I haven't talked to her since. And then my mom texted me yesterday and was like, hey, I hear Kenzie's moving in with you. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, You're wait. Like, huh. He's like, my Aunt Tina said May. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, that explains the Amazon packages showing up. You're like, we need to have a discussion about this. Well, like I said, we've already kind of discussed it. Like she's going to pay me rent and stuff like that. But that was a discussion that was like six months ago. And oh my like, God, that is so funny. Oh, I, was just like, <laughs> so, I mean, like I fully intend on her just like showing up. But um, I must say, like to think of like how much I've changed the past couple of years, because like things like that would have bothered me in the past of like not right. knowing. Yeah. And so now like the fact that I can just wing it and like just be okay like, you're like oh well whatever <laughs> yeah. that's funny so anyway yes yeah, so she might be moving up here I don't intend on actually helping her move so I hope that's not part of the plan <laughs> <laughs> you're like what else am I involved in yeah Ooh. I've been kind of wrapped up in all my new animals and things and um we got the we got all the quail outside in their pen. We finished that. I'm actually really really proud of how well my quail coop came out. Um, I got two new baby goats. They are they're Nigeria. very cute. Dwarf goat, <laughs> Nebula and Venus, and they both have blue eyes and they're adorable. Um, Venus got out yesterday though, so that was a fun thirty minutes uh, of my day. <laughs> she like. I, so we had them separated from the other goats just in case because s'mores is big and like I, I wouldn't have been able to protect them from s'mores. So we had them in the chicken pen and I guess she like she, they've been dying to get in with s'mores in them. <laughs> so she got out and like was literally like right when I got off work, I walked outside to check on everybody <clears throat> and she was just standing like next to the fence trying to get through to get to s'mores Um so good to know that she can't actually fit through that fence, but like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not a hundred percent sure how she got out of the chicken fence. Um, Jumped so, over it. Who knows? I, I think she went under it. There was like this, there was a very little like gap that I'm guessing she must've just pushed it just right. Mm. Um, but since they've been over with the, the donkey and the other goats, they've been like much more relaxed and like, I was just trying Aww. to make sure they didn't get like trampled. Like, so I was just like, they like being in a herd. That's cute. They really do. Like s'mores was so excited to get them. Um, and so like, I was a bit cautious, but yeah, that was, um, that was fun. I'm, I am still feeling a little like crummy. Like I still can't hear, but now I'm just. You excited. sound better though. Like I was just thinking about that. Like you sound more normal. <laughs> I feel a little bit more normal other than still not being able to hear. I learn like I'm <clears throat> figuring out why like old people are so grumpy <laughs> because I have to constantly repeat myself. I was saying this the other day where I was like, I constantly have to ask the kids like, what? Like, stop. You stop talking and you talk first. Like I can't like, so, like I was getting really grumpy about it. And then like now that I'm feeling better, this is probably also why I'm so like freaking wound up today is because like I've had my first full cup of coffee in a in like two weeks nice <laughs> so, so I'm funny you know I know we were we were kind of joking before we were talking about or before we started recording Jordan's got 80 degree weather I have 40 degree weather it's bizarre there's a, okay so this is weird I live in the San Francisco Bay area currently 
and there's so much snow around me. I'm like, am I in Oregon already? <laughs> like it never like if it snows here, it snows on like one hill. Um, and it's usually gone by noon because the the sun will melt it. But this is I'm surrounded by like these hills and they're all snow. And it's been snow for probably four days now. Um, it's been hailing at my house, which is crazy. And in Oregon, there's a heck of snow. And when I, they, we told them, we asked them, like, how much snow do you usually get? And they're like, oh, just a couple of days a year, you know, and some, and most of the times it doesn't stay on the ground. No, it's like super snowy there right now. So I think Oregon's trying to like bring the snow to us down here so that we feel welcome. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, Although, I am kind of freaking out because we're supposed to drive up there in two days. And I'm just like, what the freak is the driving situation going to be like? Meanwhile, my weather here is 80 degrees and sunny. So General <sighs> Beauregard was probably pretty spot on with our early spring. Oh, that's right. I forgot you had <laughs> General Beauregard. What did P- Puxatani Phil say this year? He said a late spring. Oh, well, well, that's for sure happening here. Although it's crazy because my my poor little um, fruit tree, it's like crazy blooming right now. And I'm like, ooh, sorry. I mean, it's, so far the blossoms haven't like dropped off dying from the hail and the cold weather. But I feel really bad because it was like, it's warm. And now it's like, uh, 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 just kidding. Just yeah, kidding. right. Ooh, yeah. crazy I'm weather. waiting for the the shoe to drop and for it to get cold again but like the next 10 days is in the 80s so I'm like I was telling my husband wow dang I was like the weather just like year round stayed like this <laughs> mid 60s in the morning and then or even like low 60s in the morning but like low 80s the rest of the day like I would be so happy like mind you I don't really get hot like so I don't mind the 100 degree weather but I'm just like this <sighs> is no nope. Anyway, I like 80 degrees. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this week, um, we're (laughs) going to be talking about Toxoplasma gondii. But first, we do have our our monthly CE coming up. Uh, Makeup from February from us is going to be uh, Saturday, March 11th. And that's where we're going to be talking about blood transfusions. And then we do have another one scheduled for March 25th um on diarrhea the scoop on number two yeah so those <laughs> sorry for everybody that showed up for the blood transfusions uh this last weekend it just I couldn't even I couldn't even get on my computer I had to jump on with my phone it was the weirdest thing ever so there was there was IT issues and Jordan wasn't feeling well it was just like it, it really I should have I should have thought ahead and like rescheduled it Instead, I was like, oh, great. <laughs> so, us, like last week, we're capable of thinking ahead. <laughs> yeah, no. And so, so we did reschedule it for the 11th. So, I and I'm going to reach out to everybody who signed up for it just to make sure you guys know. Um, and, and if anybody um, did pay for it, I already said this, but I would reimburse for that one. So, if you did pay for it, um, you'll get reimbursed and you'll be able to come for free for this, uh, for the blood transfusion one. Cause that was, that was my bad. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but if you want right. to sign up for either of them, you still can, um, and just go to our website to get all signed up. Yeah. 
Uh, so this week we are talking about Toxoplasma gondii. Uh, there are a lot of big words in these notes, Yvonne. So, <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta brush about, up on that for you. <laughs> yeah, like specifically when we talk about like the anatomy and physiology and what's happening inside the the pet. <laughs> um, Real, really, you're usually pretty good with those. Uh, it's you know like the different types of like oocysts and like zoids, <sighs> things like that. That I'm just like, what? Uh, <laughs> all right all right gotcha <laughs> not my strong suit and i'm okay with it um so anyway so toxoplasmosis uh this is one of those diseases that like when i got pregnant with my children i was like pumped that i didn't test positive for because i right. can't poop in my mouth <laughs> like <laughs> oh god um, anyway it's an infection well it's an infection of an organism called toxoplasma gondii or t gondii uh, I always just call it toxo or toxoplasmosis. It is a yeah. single cell organism and it is related to coccidia, which we will be talking about next week. Dun, dun, dun. All, all the poop organisms. That's what we're doing. Yay. All the poop organisms. It's funny because like we, we just did that like bacteria run and we're like, oh, we're so over bacteria. Here we are. With um, other more fun things. Yep. <laughs> This uh, is technically a parasite, but I feel like bacteria could be cons- is considered a parasite too. So it's like, uh, anyway. yeah, it's just a different type of organism, but yes. Yep. It's extremely well adapted, uh, meaning that like it can live pretty much anywhere, Seriously. but it doesn't very often cause significant disease that like will cause outward signs, but it is found worldwide, worldwide which is unlike anything we ever talk about. <laughs> right. Um, the oocysts, uh, I don't know why I said it that way, are, are very hardy. So like I said, they can survive a lot of things. Um, they can survive for many months and even years in external environments, which is great for awesome. it. Yeah. Uh, cats are usually the, the main host Right. And we'll kind of talk about it a little bit, but it does, it, it can affect humans and dogs and things like that too. But when we talk about the notes, I'll touch on dogs and stuff, but mostly, mostly focused on cats. Um, cats typically get this organism by ingesting the meat of an, in, in, an intermediate host or like an infected animal. So usually like a rodent or something. So as you can kind of see where I'm alluding to is we're going to see a lot of this in like our strays <laughs> yeah. who are eating those nasty, dirty rodents. And not so this time blood. I was going to say last week, we talked about plague that was not from rodents. It was from the fleas this time, the rodents. So if you did watch, did you watch the Pixar not yet. Oh my gosh. Okay. So if you did watch it about Remy and them, Toxo is, is definitely from them. So, um, so this organism does reproduce in intestinal tracts and it replicates and sheds oocysts into the feces. I'm going to, that's essentially the simplified version of what I'm about to break down here. (laughs) Cat. Do you want me to break this down? (laughs) ingest it it multiplies in their intestines and then they poop it out is the simplified version but the complicated version i'm gonna do this so poor jordan doesn't freak out there are three infectious agents there's this 
borozoites in oocysts. There's tachyzoites. That is um, the actively multiplying stage. And I think of tachy like it's fast, right? So they're multiplying fast. And then there's the bradyzoites, which is the slowly multiplying stage. So this is um, brady is slow. It's a good way to remember that. I know they and made this part simple. I know. Surprisingly, holy crap, right? <laughs> um, and these are enclosed in tissue cysts. So that's gross. Um, so is it saying that inside the intestines, there's cysts in the intestines? So yep. these parasites burrow into the intestinal lining and then cause these cysts where these oocysts are. Ew. Yeah. Dude, just wait till we get to diagnostics. It's pretty solid. <laughs> oh my God, Jordan, I can't. <laughs> Why did you not have somebody else do this episode with you? Well, we talked about that. I'm going to, I think I'm going to do a little bonus episode of Bailey. <laughs> You're going to teach Bailey about oocysts? <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know what we'll teach her about yet. Maybe we'll do a ratings episode or something. Or just like that. <laughs> uh, so oocysts are excreted in the feces. That's what we're used to seeing is the eggs, right? Um, whereas the tachyzoites and bradyzoites are found in the tissues. <sighs> The three major modes of transmission are congenital infection. So like that's um, that's like the puppies and kitties that we see that are infected from mom. Yeah, right? and we'll talk about that a little bit towards okay, the end of cool. this part here. But... And then there's ingested of infected tissues. So these poor cats are eating the cysts from, <laughs> from the, the intestines and the rats. <laughs> And then the other is um, if there's oocysts in food or water. So, which uh, the food specifically is like more towards like those pets that could eat like raw animals. So, like cattle and sheep and goats and stuff like that can and carry intestines. Food. Yep. Yeah. So, yay. Yay. <laughs> and then there are minor oh, modes man. of transmission as well. And that includes like, transfusion of fluids or transplantation of organs which we don't do organ transplants in pets very often so it should happen but it can Ugh, gross okay in the blood world that would be called a delayed non-immunologic reaction oh throwing some yeah. blood transfusion stuff at us are you yep right. just a little taste of what's <laughs> Yeah. So do you want to talk about these cysts in the intestines? Do you want me to? Because those are big words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These right. are easy. I'm I'm not giving myself a lot of credit, but that one's that one's a good one. <laughs> All right. So the cycle for um kind of the the different oocytes that we were just talking about is only found definitive feline hosts. So cats are thought to become infected. Uh, when they ingest all this stuff, um, and then they're the ones where it's gonna uh, multiply and the multiplication up. happens. So it's kind of like I think of like heartworm and like the mosquito being the main thing. Unfortunately, cats toxos for cats, which is why, like when Jordan was talking about being pregnant, we always think of litter boxes. This is why because cats are the the host for toxo. 
So um, our bradyzoites are released in the stomach and intestines from the tissue cysts that rupture, gross, when the cyst wall is dissolved by a digestive enzyme. So like, you know, your pancreas and your chyme and all that fun stuff that dissolves food also dissolves the wall cyst, which is disgusting. Bradyzoites penetrate the epithelial cells um, of the small intestines, and then those give rise to yeah. schizons. <laughs> I love it. Schizons. Is it it's spelled... or is it schizons? Ooh. But I think of like, I say schizocyte. So to me, this is like a schizons. I don't know. So this is where, how it's spelled, guys. C or C. S-C-H-I-Z-O-N-T-S. So I'm going to say schizons. Somebody who works in parasitology is probably going to be like, that's not how you say it. So it's potato, potato. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, so after fertilization uh, of these uh, schizons, <laughs> a wall is formed around the fertilized macro macrogamont. I love it. So it's First, it's a schizont. Now it's a macrogamont <laughs> to form the oocyst. These oocysts tend to be round to oval in shape. They're unsporulated, so they have not been. They're not infective yet. They're not sporating, um, and those pass in the feces. After it is exposed to air and moisture for one to five days, these oocysts then sporulate and contain two sporocysts each with four sporozoites, which I love. It's like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I should be, um, oh my gosh. It's funny Why? though, because like all these terms in here make a lot of sense, right? Like the tag. Like they actually, like if you break it down four. with your medical tor- terms, you're like, oh my God, I know what this is. Yeah. Like if they kept all these type of like parasitology stuff like this, I would, it would make you, so You'd be like, oh my God, I can understand what you're talking about. Like, but then they don't. <laughs> like a sporocyst and a sporozoite makes sense to me. Like it's a spore. True. <laughs> like- true, true. So um, the entire enteroepithelial cycle. So um, this is very similar to the cox- coccidia, which we'll talk about next week. Great. Yep. Um, of Toxo can be um, completed within three to 10 days after the cats ingest the tissue cysts. Um, and this, <laughs> oh my God, this is crazy. So this can occur in up to 97% of cats that have never been exposed to Toxo before, which is crazy. Um, three percent though, man, they're holding strong. <laughs> Can I find those three percent? Um, so parasite, uh, parasitemia, so having parasites in the bloodstream. Mm-hmm. Oh, god, during pregnancy can cause placentitis, followed by a spread of tachyzoites to the fetus. Great, so this is how this is how the babies get infected. Uh, in people or sheep, there is a congenital transmission that can happen when, um, they are infected during pregnancy. So this is one of the big reasons why we (laughs) don't want pregnant women touching poops, um, because they can easily become infected and pass it on to kids. Interesting. Yeah. And there's not a lot known about transplacental, like 
transmission in dogs. Um, but it's thought to be much less common than sh like sheep and goats. Uh, again, dogs are, I mean, like sheep and goats aren't a, a definitive host for this either, but dogs right. so. Yeah. Um, kittens, though, uh, that are born to infected mothers can become infected transplacentally or even via nursing. Yeah. It's crazy how many parasites can be transmitted, um, transmammary. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of insane because parasites are evil. They, they have figured out ways to survive. And, um, it's one of the reasons why I hate them because I don't want to know which ones I have right now. Humans also figured out how to survive. So it's like, we're a parasite on earth. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. We're a parasite on earth. Also causing mass destruction. Kind of like cancer. If you think about yeah. it, it's very cancer-like. It does what it wants. It's what people do. Do what do we want. You're not wrong. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so how this might present all warm-blooded animals, again, including humans, can be infected with this organism. Uh, felines, as I said, though, are the only, 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 only definitive host of this parasite. And that just means that it requires a feline specifically in order to mature and reproduce like we said earlier. Yeah. And this is really important to know, not just house cats, but also the wild cats. So the different breeds that, and species that are, so it's like the Felidae family. So, yeah. yeah. which I believe isn't Toxa the one that can get, um, is it seals? Yeah, from what I'm from what I'm finding, it looks like it's monk seals specifically. It's not listing any other seals, but again, we don't deal we don't deal with seals, Yvonne. No, but I know people that work in veterinary medicine that definitely do deal with seals. I would love to deal with seals. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> I was so excited when I came to visit you and saw all the seals. I don't know though. Those those was it seals? I don't yeah, the giant seals with their yeah coughing and snot yeah, I was like I, I was like what do you have <laughs> I was like can I get it from you <laughs> yeah absolutely anyway um so in dogs specifically they can get a generalized infection as the parasite travels throughout the body and invades the tissues uh we can see signs sometimes but typically if we're going to see signs in dogs it's going to it's going to be an immune compromised pet. Uh, and again, it's only going to be while the parasites kind of run and rampant through the body. Uh, but typically we're not going to see outward signs in healthy dogs, um, of, of toxo. If we do see outward signs again, it, it goes for cats too. I guess I should have just thrown that in there that in cats and dogs, a lot of times they do not show outward signs unless they are immunocompromised. This is why a good chunk um... of probably do have toxoplasmosis or will test positive for toxoplasmosis, but they will not show signs unless they're immunocompromised or severely old. So like or, your FELV, FIV, like colony cats and stuff like, got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very infrequent to actually cause disease in cats. Um, if it does cause disease signs that we're going to see are going to be things like fever, coughing, diarrhea, difficulty breathing, jaundice. Uh, we can see some neurologic components too with it, which could be seizure. And then of course, death again, depending on the severity of the, the burden and the immune system of the pet, um, especially once it invades the CNS, like, yeah. but the, those animals with weakened immune systems are extremely susceptible so again, even remember we immunocompromised some pets too. 
Uh, this is why if we do see outward signs of toxo, a lot of times we're seeing it in kittens and things like that is because they don't quite have that immune system built up. Mm. The disease itself though, you know, it's kind of like Addison's disease, right? It can be, <laughs> so it can be a rapid onset of disease or it could be more chronic. There could be periods of recovery and then periods of disease. I was going to say flare up, like, it's, so these are your... These are those cats that, especially if they have like viral, you know, and they get stressed out and then all of a sudden, like they flare up with who knows what. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I'm good. I'm just kidding. We're good now. Yeah, absolutely. Yay, cats. Differential diagnosis on this guy, again, is just kind of internal medicine related. It's really just going to be dependent on if a what pet signs they're having or fine. not. Yeah. Um, a lot of times testing is just being done because a, a human in the household is pregnant or maybe at risk for toxo, right? And so um, sometimes testing is just done to see the risk of that. But again, we can avoid that by just not scooping a litter box. But if we have someone severely immune compromised, probably shouldn't have a cat with toxo. Good point. <laughs> Diagnostics though can vary. Uh, it can be difficult to diagnose. Mostly because, again, these cats aren't really showing outward signs a lot of times. If we can get a diagnosis, usually that's going to be with a blood test. Um, as with a lot of internal medicine things, right? <laughs> like these tests the don't necessarily mean that like toxoplasmosis is the cause for a disease. Like you could incidentally find toxo on a cat that's having diarrhea, but that's right. not necessarily why the cat is having diarrhea. Um, gotta love medicine, right? It's, it's called practice medicine for a reason, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, uh, if there's high levels, um, or like a highly positive test, a high level of certain antibodies that can suggest a current infection, but that's just a suggestion, <laughs> like, right? You're like, uh, maybe, yeah, uh, yeah. But realistically, right, if these cats are showing outward signs of disease, right, uh, respiratory issues, coughing, sneezing, things like that, uh, diarrhea, we're going to do the basics, right? We're going to do our comprehensive chem, CBC, so probably some x-rays. So we can see signs of toxoplasmosis with just these basic diagnostics, right? So we're going to see some hematological and biochemistry abnormalities in our cats and dogs with acute systemic toxoplasmosis. So again, those acute rapid infections that do cause outward signs. On our CBC, we can see things like a non-regenerative anemia, a neutrophilic leukocytosis and lymphocytosis, monocytosis, eosinophilia. Basically, your entire CBC is going to be a little high except for your red blood cells. Right? <laughs> um <laughs> Leukopenia uh, can occur in our severely affected cats and actually even may persist until the cat ultimately may pass away of the disease, right? Yeah, I was going to say, that's like, you've got a bad burden and the body is like, I can't make any more white blood cells. Have fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we can see an absolute lymphopenia, lymphopenia and neutropenia uh, with an inappropriate left shift, eosinopenia monocytopenia. So we could he either have all high white blood cells or all low white blood cells. Yeah. I mean, this is kind of like when we think of like our DIC, right? Yeah. So it's like, at first it's like, super they're high. just 
pumping them out, trying to fix the infection. And then the body goes, I don't have enough reserves to keep pushing out all these cells. So now all of a sudden, you know, we're having issues because we can't keep up with demand. So yeah. <sighs> Our biochemistry, we can see things like hypoproteinemia and hypoalbuminemia. Again, if a pet's having significant diarrhea, right, there's going to be some losses. Uh, we can see hyperglobulinemia. Uh, that is detected in some cats who carry more of a chronic toxoplasmosis. We can also see mm. significant increases in the serum al uh, alanine aminotransferase. Uh, I don't even know why you're trying. Just say ALT, girl. <laughs> she's trying to use your big words <laughs> well i got confident and cocky with my blood transfusions thing up there earlier <laughs> alt um, and ast <laughs> yeah, we, can see, we can see increase in those liver values but again we know that like a body stress response right mm -hmm. like things can happen um specifically though we can see a very high increase in alt and ast if animals are, have like acute hepatic damage or even muscle necrosis. Like, again, this can invade the tissue so we can have some muscle necrosis. Ooh. And we know that, you know, the liver does get affected when muscle gets broken down. Right. Yeah. Um, dogs specifically can have an increased ALP as well with that hepatic necrosis. Uh, but it, it occurs less frequently in cats. Cause it's used to cats and it tends to stay in the intestines yeah um <sighs> we again can have some elevated bilirubin again because we're going to have some hepatic involvement a lot of times too these cats might develop like a cholangiohepatitis or hepatic lipidosis from the disease mm. um it's like a secondary underlying condition <laughs> mm. Uh, and then some, some dogs and cats can even develop pancreatitis and show increases in amylase and lipase. Remember, amylase and lipase doesn't automatically mean pancreatitis. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> I, like, I thought about that when I wrote these. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then cats can also have a uh, low serum calcium levels too, and low or with normal albumin levels with pancreatitis. So weird. Like there's all these, it's, it's all the stuff, right? But it doesn't specify one or another thing. Well, and like none of these changes would make me think toxic, like make me think a parasite. Um, the cool part that I think is interesting is that we can actually see some radiographic changes, which again, I guess I never really thought that we, we'd see such significant changes in a disease that rarely causes outward signs. Um, we, again, if a cat has respiratory, respiratory component to the disease process, we're going to do some thoracic radiographs. And so sometimes we can see in a diffuse, uh, interstitial to alveolar pattern with a mo uh, modeled loop low bar, um, distribution. And then we can see some density to the alveolar coalescence too, but that's usually noted in our severely affected animals. Even mild pleural effusion can be present too. But again, if we think about like the severity of disease and things like that, we, we should kind of let know and put together that we can, we can see significant inflammation with that disease process as well. Um, 
on our abdomen radiographs, we can see what looks like masses in the intestines um, or even in the mesenteric lymph nodes. And this is because of the increased density as a result of, of a fusion. And then sometimes too with pancreatitis, we can even lose some contrast in that right abdominal quadrant of those radiographs. But the real testing is going to be looking for antibodies. So there is an indirect FA test that is adapted to detect IgM, IgG, and IgA antibodies. And this uh, is going to aid in the diagnosis of neonatal toxoplasmosis. So when, when we're assessing pets for this specifically, again, as I kind of said, we're assessing it more for the human health risk. So test results from healthy cats can be interpreted as a seronegative cat is not likely currently shedding oocysts, but will likely shed oocysts if, if exposed to toxoplasmosis. So this cat then poses the greatest public health risk, right? Versus a seropositive cat is probably not currently shedding oocysts and is less likely to shed oocysts if re-exposed or immunocompromised. So again, they're they're not shedding as many oocysts versus if they were seronegative, right? But it's still recommended that the potential exposure to oocysts be minimized by again good hygiene and just avoiding uh, touching that shedded material and feces if possible. And then. Cats specifically, uh, healthy and diseased cats both, can have antibodies occur. Um, and the results of those serologic tests do not independently prove clinical toxoplasmosis. So when it comes to true diagnostics and stuff, proving true clinical toxoplasmosis is very difficult. Uh, we can prove that they will or will shed less of this uh, parasite, but it won't really prove that they have clinical disease from that. Um, but luckily similar to the plague, uh, treatment is usually just a course of antibiotics and clindamycin is the drug of choice for treating clinical toxo toxoplasmosis in both dogs and cats. And this is because the clindamycin itself has good intestinal absorption and uh, oral and parenteral doses are very similar. So it's easy to initiate treatment and then continue treatment at the same dosage um, because clindamycin doses for treating toxoplasmosis are specifically it's a, it's a higher dosage than those treating for like aerobic infections. So, but antibiotics are usually the way to go again, only if a pet's clinical, we don't often treat this if a pet is not clinical. Now, of course, depending on the severity of clinical signs, we might need to treat those. So we can treat the CNS signs like seizures and things with anticonvulsant medications. And then depending on the, the severity of like dehydration or debilitation in that pet, fluids or other medications might be needed IV just to get those pets stable again and then get them on that clindamycin. So that's again why clindamycin being... Um, similar dosing for oral. So when they go home and get discharged, they can continue the same doses as clindamycin that they were getting in hospital, which is amazing. Yeah. I hate toxic. I hate parasites. Do you know, I hate parasites. I know you hate parasites. 
like they're so gross. Yeah. I, it's funny. Cause like, I look at my cats and I'm like, what do you have that I can get from you? What do I have that you can get from me? Ah! Well, you can put Toxo pretty high on your list. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I had a good time. I had a good time with these notes for some reason, despite the fact that it is just like a, I don't know. To me, it's not like a huge issue, but, um, I'm excited to talk about Coxidia next week. I think it's because I haven't seen it in so long that I'm like. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know the last time I like actively saw it, but I think that's because most things get dewormed before they get to. Yeah. Well, dewormed and de-parasited before they get to internal medicine. Yeah. At least they should. Yeah. Right. Hopefully. <laughs> so. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, I hope you guys learned something and we will chat next week. Yeah. Remember to wash your hands, wear gloves, follow your doctor's advice if you're pregnant. Don't eat cat poop. poop, Exactly. All right, guys, have a great week. I'll talk to you from a different state at some point. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Internal Medicine for Vet Techs podcast. If you like what you heard, we'd love for you to share with someone you think might enjoy the podcast and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Want to give us a boost? Please leave a review on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher and we'll be sure to say thank you. Find out everything about us at internalmedicineforvettechs.com. Talk to you next week. Bye.